0: Josh was in the Caribbean um, for... Oh, where about? I was in Anguilla. Nice. Which is my favorite place in the world. And that's And I've only one. been there once. I went there in 04. And it's very different now. It's like much more developed, the island. Yep. But it still feels like you're in the middle of nowhere.
1: <laughs> Sounds nice.
0: Which is what, okay, top, top. Which is what I'm yeah. looking for. <laughs> look um, like... The resort was full for the week. But you could go like a long time without okay. walking near anybody else. How's the weather? Perfect. Like, literally perfect. So I,
1: April, we're starting to get maybe too hot soon.
0: Yeah. Uh In their off-season, they were telling me that the island's visitorship drops to 30% of what it is in the winter. Sounds about right. So they're, like, dying for more more things to Is open. it a little one where you have to do, like, a puddle jumper to get there? You have to float. You fly to Saint Martin.
1: No, you fly private. Come on. No, <laughs> you fly JetBlue to
0: Saint Martin, and then is that see- what
1: you named it? JetBlue. <laughs> That's what I named my private jet. You might get sued on that
0: one. <laughs> uh, mine would be Jet Brown. <laughs> you fly JetBlue, and then you take like a thirty-minute boat ride from the airport in Saint Martin to north to the southern tip of the island, and then a ten-minute taxi. It's like it's easier than it sounds. The hard part was the medical shit. You have to do a COVID test within 48 hours of arriving in St. Martin. Then you have to do a COVID test to go back to St. Martin from Anguilla, your last day on your trip. And they schedule all the stuff for you. But like if you don't have it, you're not leaving.
1: Yep. Hawaii was like that too. You had to go – they had like very specific places. Where did you go go to Hawaii? Uh, Big Island. Okay, when? Oh, during during pandemic? Yeah, like maybe a year ago,
0: something okay. like that. I get it. Once you get to the island, nobody has a mask on.
1: No. Well, we're, pa- we're done. Do Aren't we over? Masks well, are no? Now, we're, are now we're over, but like... Like even Ubers, they're Well, I, they, I think they made me or tried to make me wear but it But so
0: re- it was such a relief. You go through the medical thing. One of us, so they're like, when was your last uh, booster? When was your vaccine? My daughter's fully vaccinated, but I think like enough time went by where she didn't qualify so they're like uh they did the nose swab with her as soon as that was over we like all our papers were in order they go okay congratulations masks off and we didn't touch or see a mask for six days i
1: guess that works though right if you're that strict on people coming in coming did you out guys, you even can, you can go you as far
0: that? as
2: what happens if one of us tests positive on the way out of here well that's the risk the risk is what do you say all- like see you later See you no. in two weeks. I mean, my, my family can go back home. I would
0: stay. That's the risk. The risk is you test positive. Maybe that that's the strategy you then, want to,
1: so yeah. that you have to stay down there, and then you can take yes. a longer vacation. And I'll be broke.
0: <laughs> believe, believe me, I don't. I don't have more than five nights in me, as far as what what I want to spend to be there. Uh, it was great though. I needed a vacation, um, and not to intimidate anyone here, but I am very tan. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to capture that on the YouTube. We are. We are. We'll pick up on that. Okay. <laughs> when you're tan in Manhattan this time of year, I feel like other people respect you more. They will give you a wider berth on the sidewalk because, they're, like, they look. They're looking at me. I was. I was on Fifty Seventh Street. I had to drop something off at a store, and people were just like, "That guy. That guy's got to f- figure it figured out. Look at the tan on that gentleman." And. uh I want to preserve it for as long as I can until we get into summer when everyone's tan and it's not that special. Is
1: that is that like having a, a mustache? It's like an unwritten respect thing. <laughs> well,
0: I, don't, I don't know how much respect where, you get for where, a mustache. Where you but see uh, other people with a tan and you give them like a little head shake, like especially an older gentleman like myself. Like it, it's almost like you're, you're distinguished older of, older That's when it
2: wears off though. Two weeks later. Older than him. Older than you. When your tan's gone in two weeks, that's when you the, the like depression sets in.
0: I and mean, then you have no respect from anyone. They just step on your feet. They'll just <laughs> no, they're like walk in front of you. Like, all right, we get it. You're like a guy, but I f- I feel like uh, at this current moment, I am living my best life. Uh, are you excited for the show today? Oh yeah. You guys will con will confess to me that he's a little bit nervous. I
1: get nervous every time I do media. So I don't
0: want you really? making I don't want you making every eye time. contact with him. It's good, no eye contact it means you care. It means exactly, you
1: care. exactly. No, I was asking Josh earlier. I was like. You know, I've done CNBC, I've done Bloomberg, I'm doing this, I've done all this stuff, but I still get nervous every time, and it's like, when does that go away?
0: Um, it might just be a nervous. It might, ne- it might never go away. Oh, that's lovely. Well, so no, I, there are famous lovely. performers that say they still get butterflies. Uh, the, guy at the, the guy who was the guy was a
2: quarterback in high school for our team would throw up for every single game. It was like his thing, and he just without fail threw up in the bathroom.
0: All right, let's go. <laughs> this is a little bit of a humble brag. Ben was like an all. <laughs> were you all state? Or what was your? Oh yeah.
2: Oh well, yeah. For like, it, it was a tiny school though, so that's the. No, but you what were position? like a you were like Running a serious back. player. Yeah. Okay. They took they take football
0: seriously in like in Northern Michigan. That was the sport. Sounds legit to me. It's hard to tell from Ben's build, but he was in his day. I played football school.
1: too, so it's hard to tell from my build. Right. So there you go. What'd
0: you play? Fullback. Okay. Did you throw up before every game? No, I did not. All right. Did you throw up before this podcast? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you got. I did not. I did not. I'm glad you got out of that system. All right, are we ready to rock and roll? Just a minute, Nicole. You have pictures of my tan for social media. What do you need? Okay.
1: You were gonna put in one more chart for
0: Netflix. Uh,
2: yeah, I put it in there. It's like the chart of SP and equal weight.
1: All right.
2: Why did
0: something happen with Netflix this week? (laughs) Is that is that is that in the news? Do You have this in any of your ETFs? We have it in our streaming ETF, which we which we
2: recently closed. Very confident in my assertion. Very confident in my assertion. (laughs)
0: Welcome to The Compound and Friends. All opinions expressed by me, Michael Batnick, and our castmates are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Duncan, are you reading ChinalastNight.com? <laughs> no? Well, you should. Listen, if you want to get your information, that's where you go. Brendan Ahern, friend of the show, ChinalastNight.com. So today's show is sponsored by Crane Shares. We've mentioned their, their K Web a, a million times. I don't know when they started that thing, but they were early. This is it 2014, 2015? They've been around for a while, but they also have just, it's not just the internet. They have a suite of, of China ETFs. They have clean technology, electric vehicles, healthcare, 5G, and semiconductors. If you want to learn more and learn about their research, go to craneshares.com. That's with a K. Craneshares.com to learn more. All new to the compound and friends. Welcome back, everybody. Today's going to be an awesome show. We have an extremely knowledgeable and yet nervous uh, <laughs> friend to introduce you guys to First time ever on The Compound, Will Hershey Will, welcome told you to that. the show
1: I shouldn't have told you that, that was between me and you, Josh
0: Too bad, too bad We're, <laughs> we're, we're actually very excited to have you You, uh, so I want to give people a little bit of background um, And, oh, of course, don't let me forget Ben Carlson's here uh, uh, Ben, say hi to everyone
1: I'm really jealous of your DJ board over
2: there Yeah, I'm
0: sorry, you can't have one but I'm ha- confident in my assertion. But I have you captured right All there. Right.
1: Also the intro music. I'm like
0: hype now. That shit is fire, right? Yes, Put it that is. back on for a minute. Yeah, the nerves are gone. <laughs> Put that back on. I feel Ladies like I need and a drop a beat. Will Hershey, former analyst at Yorkville ETF Advisors and head trader at Yorkville Capital Management. Current co-founder and CEO of Roundhill Investments. Will has invented a variety of popular thematic ETFs. Alright, start fading. Inc- I don't want to compete, Duncan. <laughs> uh, including N-E-R-D, Nerd, which is esports, bets, B-E-T-Z, which is sports betting, metaverse, M-E-T-V, and Meme, Meme Stocks, M-E-M-E. And you just launched a new ETF. Are you legally allowed to say it or do I have to say it? What are the what are the the rules around that?
1: You know, that's tricky. I think given that. This is like technically not live, but live. I'm allowed to say it. We launched Weed. We launched a cannabis ETF on 420.
0: Okay, are um, your parents proud of you for that one? Very much so. Okay, got it. Very so much so. All right. Weed. How'd you get that ticker symbol? That's crazy. That that was available.
1: Yeah, I mean, how did we get that did you symbol? Buy it from someone? I have to give a shout out to Phil Bach. Uh, okay. If you know shout Phil Bach, Phil. He, sure. helped, he helped with that. But we when we got our hands, you know, normally you're going to come up with an idea for an ETF and then back into the ticker. This was one where we're like, we that's have the best. That's available. We have Make the, the best funds. ticker. Who Who wins? Wins? No, that's Squats literally. on all
2: these? Who's squatting on all the good ticker symbols?
1: That's a whole thing. Um, you can go to the exchange and see if a ticker's available and reserve it for two
0: years. How much? You have to, how much you have to pay to reserve something? Zero
1: dollars. Like Zero dollars. So they're free to pretty. Reserve.
0: They're pretty uh, short-sighted. They should be selling that. So it, it's this weird things like though. real estate NFA. in the metaverse. Mm.
1: Well, it's, it I mean they don't really the exchanges don't really own it. They're reserving it on behalf of their clients. So I don't know if that if that would be too kosher, but um no, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing trying okay. to get the best ticker. So
0: somehow you got the best possible uh ETF ticker for your new fund. And when did it when did it go live? Yesterday. 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 Oh my god. Still yep. got that new weed smell. Oh yeah. Okay. What so why is that the right way to play? Let's just start right there. Why is the weed ETF uh, – why why is it constructed in such a way that you think it brings something new to the table for people that want to invest in cannabis or whatever the the Winnie the Pooh with the monocle version is, uh, yeah. how, right? How, how we refer to – Marijuana would be like the narc marijuana. version of that. Yeah, if you say marijuana, I instantly don't trust you. I,
1: I think cannabis is the is – Oh, the cannabis.
0: Line. That motherfucker. I as a scientist, <laughs> you, you hear he's like, "All right, but so yeah, so, you, yeah. so, so how, you're saying it as cannabis, right? Is that what cannabis
1: what, is? How you say it in your prospectus? You don't you don't call it weed in the prospectus, if, uh, if that's helpful in terms of understanding what the the scientific rules of the road oh, are." Oh,
0: your your uh your prospectus doesn't say this is a way for investors to bet on grass.
1: No, we <laughs> don't say that.
0: All right, all right. So it's the weed ETF, and what's the official name of it?
1: Roundhill Cannabis ETF.
0: OK, That's what like are you name. allowed to say about like, how it works or what's in it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I can share that. So um, it was actually a long process to launch this fund, much longer than typical for an ETF, because we had to find swap counterparties to be able to trade total return swaps. So underlying the ETF, it's not just straight equities, because a lot of these names, you can't even custody them at a traditional bank. They won't Why? touch it because they're plant-touching names operating in the U.S. So it's still federally illegal
2: cannabis, okay.
1: right? right? Isn't it a State, deal like you can't put the money from that into the bank still, like federally? Well, that's a, that's a whole nother thing, too, is that that's why it's really hard for these guys to get access to capital. The cost of capital for cannabis is still really high. But don't you feel because,
0: like there's so much money for cannabis, like in general?
1: I Yeah, I mean, people want to invest in it. It's just the, the way the rules are written right now, it's difficult. But anyway, so so the way we've constructed it, it's, it's pretty much more or less market cap weighted. Um, but we are investing in these names that people quite frankly, can't, can't access easily. Um, and that was, that was a big part of getting this thing launched in place. We had to sign an ISDA, right? We're in the, we're in the big boy leagues now, um, trading total return swaps. Uh, but exposure across the space, uh, predominantly focused on the US players, which honestly, when I started to learn more about this space, I was shocked at how cheap they are. They trade at low double digit EV to EBITDA multiples with growth. Right. It's not just like this is a value trap. These things are going to think.
0: All right. Why do you think? So these are tiny market cap companies. Tiny. Even the biggest producers that are publicly traded in Canada. Five billion. Or they're so small. Yep. Why? This is it. I mean, the second that they're so hard to put money into them as an investor.
1: Even institutional investors can't can't trade these things easily. Um, because they're listed on the CSE. I don't. You probably don't even know what that exchange is. The Neo Exchange, um, and they all trade only OTC. Um, what the in hell the is US. the
0: Neo Exchange? Is that like uh, Vegas downtown? <laughs> I, <laughs> is that like Binion's Horseshoe? I, I, I wish
1: I knew. Canada's okay. the Wild West. If you ever looked at like the t- oh, TSX yeah, yeah, yeah. Venture, yeah,
0: those guys. Are um, crazy. it is crazy. Um, they're those those guys are fearless. But
1: but but I do think it's it's kind of this whole thing of just it's they're illiquid names, they're super thin, the market caps if and when they uplist the nice or Nasdaq. That's why I mean, that's why Tilray trades at a huge premium to the these US Cuz
0: it's uplisted already.
1: Because people can trade it, there's liquidity, and and institutions that's still are only comfortable.
2: And still 2.6 billion dollar company, so Yeah, and in that's the grand big. scheme of things. It's yeah, pretty tiny. That's the biggest one, right?
1: That's uh no, it's not the biggest one. Is that uh, the one that
0: Constellation invested in?
1: That was Canopy Growth. Canopy Growth,
0: CGC.
1: So all of those all of those names though, um the ones that trade on NICE or Nasdaq, they're operating in Canada. It's mm. weird. Where the, and then the names that are operating in the U.S. Pink trade in Canada,
0: or trade the, in Canada are, on the NEO. Come on. The whole thing's a mess. Why are we still doing this?
1: I don't know. Okay. Don't but know. when
0: there's more regulatory clarity nationally, let's say Biden decides he wants to get reelected, this seems like a really easy thing for him to be like, I'm into this. Like Tot- He totally. could hijack this whole thing and like get young people to actually remember that he exists. Totally. He's like,
2: hey, I had quarter of a gummy last night. Look at yeah, me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, it would actually explain him shaking hands with the air and forgetting <laughs> where he is halfway through a sentence. If he's just like, honestly, guys, I was with Willie Nelson this morning. I'm sorry. Like, I feel like that would be helpful for his image.
1: I mean, it should be bipartisan too, right? I mean, the tax revenues- Everybody
0: smokes. Yeah.
1: And and the tax revenues are meaningful, right? Dude, it I mean, cuts
0: across race, age, yes. gender. Yes. Everybody's high. Yes. Like, everyone that I feel like most of the people I deal with, I don't smoke weed. Most of the people I deal with on a daily basis, they can't be that stupid. They have to be high. <laughs> well,
2: the other the other fund you have, the bets, sports betting, they all like. Once a couple states did that, they all realized, oh wait, we can make a ton of money off this in tax revenue. Why wouldn't we do this? Yeah, Same no, thing, right?
1: It's in a lot of ways a similar thesis. Um, the difference there is sports betting since 2018 repeal of PASPA is now legal at the federal level. And now is rolling out state by state. Cannabis is kind of. Almost the reverse, where it's rolling out state by state, but still not federally legal. Right. Um, but no, the thesis in a lot of ways is the, is the same story. It's a shift from black uh, and gray markets into regulated markets where you get tax dollars. States love it for that reason. Um, Does there need it, to be a consolidation
2: there? Because like all these stocks have gotten crushed. DraftKings is down almost eighty oh, percent. Do they just do they need to get together?
0: To is that how it has to work? Yeah. His his. Uh, his- <laughs> His sports betting fund went from large cap to small cap. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's a small cap index. I shouldn't
1: now. laugh at that. I should not laugh Your un- <laughs> at that. Your universe
0: is now I, a micro cap in that. I
1: should not laugh at that. No, I think there will be consolidation. Okay. Um, when you look at sports betting, I mean, the biggest cost for these guys is customer acquisition, marketing. I mean, if you watch the Super Bowl, how many of the ads were Caesars or DraftKings or FanDuel? And they
2: give away a ton of free gimmies to people if they bet.
1: Oh, did you do the Caesars one? They, had, they matched $3,000 if you deposited it. And by the way, bet, C- I, customer
0: I was, acquisition is like at, so completely out of control in that space right now. I
1: had never done it before
2: until it came legal in Michigan. I'm like, I'm going to do it. It's so much fun. It is fun. It is so much. Like, it is fun. Betting a little bit of money on a you game. Know,
0: I never put money into DraftKings or I never bought any of these stocks only because somebody from England was like, that shit's been legal here forever. It's true. It's not that great of a business. Uh, it's like OTB. Like, it's, it's a decent business. I mean – What are the companies in Britain? L- Ladbrokes? Flutter. 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 That's th- they
1: had Ladbrokes. William Hill got bought by Caesars. Uh, Entain, which is um, – Right, but these partner. companies
0: are not like Google
1: in the UK. They're not the Google, UK. but it's, it's very
0: dingy uh, uh, locations.
1: Well, the physical – yeah, the physical yeah. is not a sexy play. Right, I mean right. it's really the online – how hard would um, it be for a
2: broker to get into the solo? Because if Robinhood wanted to do sports betting, could they legitimately do that?
1: Oh, I mean, the licensing is like half the battle, right? Dude, you have to Can- work Canter with. Senator Fitzgerald regard.
0: was trying to do that a decade ago. Oh, yeah. they built a sports book in yep. Vegas or something. I think they did. Anticipating that one day it would be national or I don't yep. know whatever happened to that. Um, I want to back up a little bit. So you and I, you were here when 2019. You said 2018, yep. 2019. 2019, and what were you 18 years old at the time? <laughs> no, but <laughs> let you let me do some math. But you're uh, like a kid, and you're like, I'm gonna start doing some of these thematic ETFs. We did one; seems to have been well received. I think I can like really make a go of this. And then I think the pandemic was probably really helpful for yep. some of your categories, totally, right? Totally. Totally. Uh, but you like you did this from scratch.
1: Yes, I mean, I would say are you it was by yourself.
0: It? As the <laughs> owner? No, is the uh, are you the main owner? My co-founder and I. Yep. Your co-founder or yep. so it's two of you founded Roundtail. Yes. Why is it called that?
1: Uh resort in Jamaica, uh really nice that we've been to. All, I the, tell guys, you something? all the
0: Greek gods were taken. Those I names. I tell you something, that's not such a bad story. Uh the Carlisle guys named it for the hotel. I think they were sitting yeah, there in the lobby. Go. There you go. And they said we're a Carl- Carlisle group. It's only a fifteen billion dollar company, so not yeah. not bad. Uh, but the, are, yes, the pa- the pandemic definitely helped the
1: categories. I also think the pandemic... Wait, let's back up. Okay, okay. AUM okay. a- a- U- is what now? We hit 1.4 billion. Shut the f*** in- up. <laughs> Look at this. Look at you. I think we're now down to one-ish. Dude. Market's not helping.
0: Okay. A billion dollars, though. Yeah, in a billion what, dollars. Three
1: years? Uh, well, June 2019, we launched our first fund. Where does that put us? Almost three years? Dude, you did,
0: awesome. the, you did the thing. Yeah. You did the thing. Yeah. Uh, what does an ETF company need to be like break even and like good, like um, 500 million? No, million? no, much less than that. Much less.
1: Um, on a fund level, depends on your expense ratio, obviously, right? If you're charging five bips, like Vanguard or, or iShares, different story. I don't
0: recommend doing that.
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and, <laughs> and compete, compete in that game. Okay. Um, you know, 40, 50 million, you kind of start to break even at a fund level. And then you have, you know, OPEX just to run the business outside of that.
0: And now you've built this infrastructure- so your yep. job is like come up with enough funds to spread that infrastructure cost across so that it's like yep. becomes more. So you don't necessarily spend a lot more money for the fourth or the fifth or the sixth fund. No. I have that in, right? fa-
1: in fact, like a lot of the costs, custody, admin, um, a lot of these are, are kind of commoditized. So it's really, it's it's not even that it's, there's not operating leverage in the sense you're talking about. But but yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like, you got an idea for any, ET- like, let's let's do it.
0: That's very cool. Congra- hey, congratulations. Thank you. Very Thank proud you. of you. All right. Um, do you feel like thematic ETFs have historically gotten a bad rap from behavioral finance writers, but the audience loves them and doesn't give a shit what <laughs> I, the literature says? Well, I feel like the whole thematic name is new. Isn't
2: that
1: like a pandemic? Wasn't that born out of a pandemic basically? No. I mean, people have been talking about thematics for a while. I think – Kathy Wood, Ark. People yeah, consider those thematics, yes. and it was like, wow, the innovation, assets, innovation, the assets the in this in this kind of part of the ETF world is now but like they're really almost like
2: free. they're almost like sector ETFs now, right? In a way, like at least they're that. Micros,
0: but they're micro like the way Will is slicing and dicing, like esports is a micro micro sector. It's an, I guess you would call it a niche. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's how, not. How know. many
2: ideas do you come across that you just can't fill it with enough stocks yet, where you have a great idea and it sounds like a wonderful thing people are latching onto? but there's just there's no market for oh, it. Oh, let me solve that. You just throw Google in it.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, that's how a lot of these you know, thematic funds know, right. end up. Yeah, right? Yeah. They all own the same stuff. I mean, think about the ESG funds. They own, you know, Exxon Mobil, and it's like part part, part of like <laughs> part of that. like well, it's just like part of launching in my view a successful ETF is like does this shit make sense? Is what's in the portfolio literally like what I see on the tag? Like what what I'm buying? Am I buying what Does I'm intending? Does the portfolio to buy?
0: match the tag? Correct.
1: To your point, if yeah. Google's in, you know, the top holding in XYZ fund, yeah. is that really what I want? No, this isn't core beta, you know, Part of your portfolio. This is, you know, you put a little bit in because you believe in the theme.
2: Do you, does there have to be a certain number of stocks? Like, do you have a, a threshold that you have to get above?
1: There are rules. So, you, there, there are some diversification rules.
0: Um, You're saying SEC
1: rules SEC, or rules that you set up? 1940 Act rules, uh, registered investment Company so you rules. You can't
0: own eight stocks.
2: Okay, can't, here's a question.
1: You can't own eight stocks. How come That'd every be regulation awesome.
2: is 1930s or 1940s? Where are all the new regulations? Every Every act goes back to the 30s so, uh, or Joe,
0: 40s. Joe Kennedy wrote them all before manipulating the election to, <laughs> can, to uh, all, put his kid in all office. All these
2: acts that are like 1932 Act or four, like <laughs> I wish I was
0: exaggerating. How, by the way, I'm how how totally can, not. How
2: can these still be relevant today?
0: How can SEC regulate? Well, that's the that's the that's the whole thing with uh, with mutual funds are like the latest in 1940s era te- fund technology. Yeah, um, they don't refer to the ETF as the 1990 Act or whenever the no. first ETF came along. Because the ETF basically is abiding by exemptions exactly. from the 40 Act. That's interesting. It's a good point. Uh, that changed, though. And that's why you've seen so many new ETFs
1: come to market. So you used to have to get an exemption ex- called exemptive relief from the 40 Act, basically to do things in a slightly different wrapper that yes. wasn't contemplated in 1940. That's how it used to be. It used to cost $2 bucks in legal bills to be able to do that. Um, now it's, it's much more, you know, it's rule six, it's, 11 more, it's past, more streamlined. But that's why you're seeing more entrepreneurs launch ETFs. It's, it's the barriers to entry have come down, which, which, which I, I think th- is great.
2: Yeah. It's awesome. Like think about how many people just from finance Twitter that we know that have done independent things and started their own based on their brand. or whatever. Lot.
0: One of the pioneers there was Meb Faber. Yep. And shortly after, um, the Pennsylvania guys came along and started, you know, doing cool shit. And, uh, now we probably, I don't know, you and I probably know like 20 or 30 people that have their own ETF.
2: Yeah. Right? It's great. Give or take. Yeah. And, and like you said, the, I think the bared entry is way lower than it used to be in terms of as we were getting
0: pitched. We were getting pitched like seven, eight years ago, maybe longer. Barry was getting pitched hard. Like, do Rit ETF, do Rid ETF. But like the two of us would sit there and like, but anything we put out, people are going to be like, that's your track record now. <laughs> what? strategy or category do we even think that it makes sense for us to have our own? So there was never a, an idea that made sense for us to do it. And the other thing, though, there's a lot more regulatory scrutiny the way that you talk about an ETF because it's a product. For sure. So we just, I, it, I never, mean, it never do made guys, sense do you guys us.
1: In your portfolios, do you pick stocks or is it just more asset allocation? Depends on the portfolio. Yeah, right. So, because if there's some, you know, if you're doing emerging markets where you're actually picking the stocks, that that could have been something. I but here's
0: know. the problem, though. Then can you put that in a client account? No. You can maybe waive, waive the, the fees. Fee. That's a pain in the ass. That's, that's the ass.
2: most ETF providers have no idea where their clients are. I right? have no idea. That's, that's,
1: that's
0: literally
2: no idea. That's the
1: difference.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure that your client is not my dad in the, in the weed ETF. Like I'm 90% certain. You sure? 99% certain. Maybe well, he's in the metaverse one. He might be in the metaverse more his, one. That's more his. That's more his. You don't think no, that at Woodstock? But you know you skew, <laughs> you know you skew young. Yes, like yes. just because of you should skew young, if you're most of what you're doing is futuristic stuff. Yep. Right. So theoretically, <laughs> that should be the types of stocks that require a long runway to work out. I also think, and
2: like so, you talked about the ETFs in the '90s. That's like a break point. '70s is index funds. I think we're going to look back at 2020 and think. This changed the way people think about investing and how they invest. Like young people.
0: In what, in what way?
2: There's just so many more things to invest in. People are just more into it now. That's more of a community aspect. I think that the investing world for young people now is so much different than it was. And I think 2020 sped it up a
1: lot. To- totally agree. And, and kind of what you touched on is part of our whole thesis from the beginning. Actually, when Tim and I started the, the business, it was after the crypto run. What was that? 2017, 2018. We started to see signs of that. It was like people were talking I'm about.
0: Sorry, uh, Tim Cook?
1: My, sorry, my co-founder, my co-founder.
0: Oh, okay. Who, um, who is that? Tim? Who? Tim Maloney. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, when we started to see people on Reddit, on Discord, you know, forming these communities, and it was, it was like widespread how passionate they were, we said, look, the, the world's changing in the way that young people are thinking about investing. They're becoming more active again, I think, than kind of passive in a way. Um, you know, let's build a business where we do zero outbound sales, which we still do to this day. No emails, no calling. Let's focus on content research, reaching as many people as possible, and reaching young people is a large part of that strategy. Uh, just given the themes we focus on. But oh, that's you, how we've done it. But you,
0: de- but you did it. Yeah, like, we did it. That was the thesis and it yeah. worked.
2: And I'm jealous of young people because when I was coming up, I had, had none of this stuff. No. You couldn't, there, you couldn't. You had to read old Warren Buffett books. Like now, young people, like they are so much more knowledgeable because the knowledge is, is there for them that they want to find it.
0: 100%. Well, it's a double-edged sword because they're also coming across a lot of things that look like information but aren't. Yeah. And it's really hard to discern.
2: Yeah, you need that filter for sure. What does that mean?
0: Um, most of the influencers on Instagram or TikTok literally don't know anything. Uh, okay. And it's not that bad that they don't know anything, but actually it's worse. It's dangerous because the things that they think they know are completely wrong. Yep. And there's a lot of blind leading the blind going on amongst young people, but I don't think that that's any different than any other generation. It's just more obvious now because there's social media. And it's easier to reach people. Yeah. Yeah. It's So you could mislead people in a message board in 1999- but you probably couldn't amass a million followers on TikTok and be held up as an example of somebody that's like, now, the one saving grace to that is most of the content is like motivational speaker content. Like, you know, oh, I empower women, young women to invest. It doesn't matter that that person literally knows nothing. What matters is that they're addressing a category of investors. uh, For example, 20 something year old girls, who were not being engaged by their traditional investing community for a long time. So maybe the encouragement is like enough to overlook how horrendous the, the information is. And it's just like, all right, cool, there's encouragement. Maybe that's what people need when they're young. And if it's somebody that looks like them and appeals to them, you could overlook like some of the misinformation that's being shared. I'm trying not to be too pessimistic about online influencers. Uh, I'm I'm trying my best to be I diplomatic, I guess. You can see how hard I'm working at this. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get let's get to let's get down to brass tacks. Uh Netflix blew up this week. I think it's down 36% for or 40%. Listen to this, from November
2: Monday. 2021. This is just in November. Netflix was at 307 billion dollars market
0: 700, cap, $700 a share.
2: Now it's down to less than 100 billion. Like that.
0: Yeah. So The stock's at 2018 prices, but they have double the amount of subscribers as they had in 18. uh, 209 billion in lost market cap, 68.5% drawdown from the November high. Is this one of the biggest blowups you've ever seen? I mean,
1: there have been so many over the past year, right? I mean, like, where do you even start? Shopify's down 70% as well. PayPal,
0: Roku. I mean, where does all this market cap go? Does it just go right into Apple? Here's the it seems directly. like it's
2: going to Apple and Tesla. I was Tesla, telling Will before it. we started. John, put this chart up at the end here for equal weight. Look at this, Josh. Equal weighted S&P versus the S&P. Equal weight is down
1: 4% from the highs. Okay. That's crazy. It's crazy to me even that the S&P is only down 8%. The pain so under y- the surface is if, if you is think crazy. about all
2: these tech, like X tech stocks, this is not that bad of a correction at all. It is basically all tech stocks. It's, yes. It's all speculation. That's And I don't know if you would have told me Fifteen months ago, hey, all this tech stuff is going to fall fifty to seventy percent. The market's down eight. I would not have believed you.
0: Yeah, and it's not just IPOs and SPACs. It's like Facebook or what Meta and um, Netflix and PayPal. These were some of the biggest market cap companies in the world. Oh, totally. they're down they're in half. But I mean Or worse. Part of it makes sense. I right?
1: right like look at look at Netflix. They're going what n- negative to n- no growth? Like, you know, what what multiple do you put on a company that's so, yeah? That's so let's to no let's growth? set
0: this up. They were supposed to were They were supposed to have added two and a half million subs in the last quarter, which is slow. Right, like they had already guided in January that things were getting slow, so that was a like a low ball of a lowball. ball, of a I think they lost 700,000 subs by exiting Russia, and then they still would have missed anyway, even without the Russian thing. They ended up negative 200,000 subs, which is the first time ever, I think, in a quarter that they've lost subs. It's interesting net that subs.
2: within that same, whatever, four-month period, Facebook had their first decline in, in users, and so did Netflix.
0: Uh, first of all, I think a lot of these companies have fake sub numbers anyway. Especially Facebook. I think half the activity that happens on Facebook. But Netflix is, is low
2: fake. because of the – that number has got to be too high. They said 100 million people share passwords. So their their subscriber count is lower than it should be probably. So
0: I don't even know what that means when they say it. They're saying 100 million people don't actually pay. That they just or, steal well, yeah. their
1: mom's password or That's something. That's what I do. That's what we do.
0: Or 100 million people – are sharing meaning some of them are paying and some of them aren't. Right. Like, oh, I don't even good, know what that good. number <laughs> yeah, means. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I asked know. like three people that really know about this stuff, and they're not sure what that I, is. Because the, the implication is, if you could get like a fifth of those people, twenty yes. percent, to say, okay, well, I don't want to get completely cut off. I'll give you ten dollars a month. Isn't that twenty million new customers out of a hundred?
2: So they, they, I think, so they're they talked in their earnings call the other day that. They would think about doing an ad supported version now, which they say they would never do. So I can't tell if if that's a way to get those people or if that's just really desperate.
1: I mean they should have done that, you know, two years ago before all the competition yeah. came into the space. But I think I think that's smart. You give consumers more choices, right? They have like when when Netflix was really kind of crushing it, they were the only game in town. Yeah. Now there's a zillion streaming services they have to compete with. Um, but I think, I think that's a smart move. Why not give people choices?
0: So Netflix is 220 million subs, which dwarfs Disney, which is their closest competitor. Disney is talking about getting to that level, but not until 2025. And it's not guaranteed that they will. Uh, HBO is not even close. So Netflix really has something that's not, even though they have a lot of competition, you still can't replicate that in terms of audience. They still have a bigger audience across which to spread all the content costs. So that's, that's one. Two, uh, the ad-supported tier, let's say it comes out at the end of this year. It's better than getting zero from all these people sharing, right? So maybe that would, would be the answer. Uh, I don't know how popular it's gonna be or what that does to margins or blah, blah, blah. But what I would say, uh, this thing is now being valued like a TV network. Um, and this comes from the information. Uh, Netflix... Uh, basically, is trading at the same multiple as Disney, uh, multiple of this year's expected revenue as Disney. So, all things being equal, Netflix now a hundred billion market cap, thirty billion revenue, five billion in earnings last year, two hundred twenty million uh, subscribers. Could it get cut in half again? Or would that? Would, like, I feel like it's been substantially de-rest. I bought some full disclosure. Yeah, I'm down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it on the open yesterday uh, from, from a boat. Oh, shit. But um, not a lot. But like, I, I can't imagine this thing being as whiskey as it was in By January. By the way, you just
2: described a, a perfect commercial for Robin Hood.
0: Yeah. I did not buy it on Robin Hood. I bought just it on Fidelity. bought Netflix on a boat. Pretty bad.
2: But they've, they've I looked back. They've had four separate 60% plus drawdowns in their history. The worst one was like 80% in 2012. Remember they were going to separate the DVDs and that business or whatever? Yeah. They've gotten crushed in the past.
0: They got crushed when they said we're going to go international and we're going to spend all this money. And Wall Street was like, that's going to be a money pit. Ended up being the smartest thing they ever did. A lot of those international hits became U.S. hits and vice versa. They got crushed um, when, when they said they're going to double how much money they're spending on production. Like There have been these, these episodes that the stock has recovered from. People feel like this time is different, but much though. Much
2: like the sports betting apps, doesn't there need to be consolidation? Eventually, in some of these streaming services, there's, there's too, so many. There's too many. Well, it's
1: it's different, right? Because sports betting apps are, are relatively commoditized, right? They're all offering betting on the same games. The content is different, right? If you're if you're you know Netflix and True. producing your own content, you can differentiate just by having the best content. And I think that's honestly they they've kind of failed on that. Like I'm not watching Netflix myself. I don't know if you guys are. Um, I'm enjoying more. Only when the
0: new Narcos season drops. There you go. Then they have my undivided attention. And
1: then what else they maybe need to do is go to a weekly release. Yeah, I think they need to do
0: that too. There's a story at the Journal um, with their head of TV uh, being interviewed. And basically, like, they're going to be much more hands-on than they used to be. The whole rap in Hollywood with Netflix was like, they trust the creator. They'll just give you the money, no suits, no bullshit. Like, make the best show you can. That's over. Now they're like – they have plot points. They have like notes. If
2: they did, if they did Ozark, the final seven episodes over a over seven-week period instead of doing it all at once, they would have podcasts and The Ringer would be doing everything for them. They would get so much more publicity doing it that way than just doing it all at once. But yep. the
0: problem is that they got the audience accustomed to binging and people like the binge experience. So maybe the answer is somewhere in between. Maybe drop three episodes. That's what Apple pause, does. Pause. Drop another three. That could right. work. I like that. I mean, the other
1: thing interesting they're doing, they've only just started, is lagging into gaming a little bit. I don't know if you've seen this. They bought it like a couple tiny gaming companies. That's now on their platform. I mean, that could be an area for them to, you know, What do you turn. think they would
0: do in gaming that anyone else couldn't or isn't doing? Well,
1: I think they can buy someone. Um, you know, I look at like Ubisoft trades at like 5 billion enterprise value. They're assassins. I mean, imagine they, they could so it's also- like
0: buying content, but instead of shows and movies, it's a game.
1: Well, even better, adapt it into, you know, movies and shows too. They did that with, uh, what was it? The Witcher is a, is a game. The Witcher that, was a game, right? Yeah, that's okay. a game.
2: Um, By the way, as someone who's not a gamer, that show is unwatchable for me. Oh, I got it. I did not it. know what the hell was I going on. I hated it at first
0: and now I'm into okay. it. Okay. The first what, episode what, what, was, was- What was hard. it about? I have no idea. It's not really about anything. It's a, it's about no it's it's a it's a guy. Someone
2: said no, you have to play the game for five years first, yeah, and then you'll get
0: it. No, it's it, it built its own audience eventually. I think they got picked up for season three. It's like a guy who fights monsters, basically. All right. It's a it's 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 a binge. That
2: sounds like a show for my five year old.
0: Yeah, yeah, or or me, or your or your forty five year old friend. Um, all right, options volumes went crazy on this Netflix. This or stock, I should say, stock and options volume. 100 million shares traded yesterday, which is the first time since 2015. Um, Calls and puts topped all the most active lists. This is while the stock is having its biggest one-day-ever percentage drop going back to 04, $54 billion in lost market cap. Put options were going crazy, the 200s, the 190s. Uh, Traders shelled out $2 billion for Netflix options as of afternoon trading, so they're buying the, they're they're taking all the premiums of all the options traded to come up with that. Um, there were there was more money traded in Netflix options premium than Amazon or even the SPY ETF. Is that surprising that so many people wanted to express a view on that stock on that date uh, yesterday, or is that just like? No catnip for retail traders.
1: That's just like I mean I bet Facebook when they had their blow up day was the same thing. It's hilarious right? how or that happens.
0: Yeah, no, it, I mean, it yeah. just became like you have to either you have to be a bull or a bear <laughs> yes. on that for yeah. Yeah. My, myself included. I was yes. right there. Hit the
2: button. Yeah.
1: Well, whenever there's a day in the news cycle where in the financial media where everyone's talking about one name, you know, retail, retail gonna is going to tra- participate in that You're going to trade it. But so are institutions, right? They can't They can't help that same urge to kind of take a view on something that's – Yeah, it's an s
0: stock. So they, they have to have – they're either overweight or equal weight or yes. underweight. How much, yes. did,
1: how much
2: did Ackman end up losing? Because he got out, he said. Did he lose a lot of money or was it just like
0: – So I thought this was interesting. He like owned this loss immediately. There were press reports – that he could be down as much as $400 million and he put out his own press release. And I guess like, this is a good lesson. Maybe never own so much of a stock that to sell it, it requires a press release. (laughs) Um, But he's basically like here, here's the Persian square letter. We require a high degree of predictability in the businesses in which we invest. Okay. Good luck with that. Um, (laughs) Due to the highly concentrated nature of our portfolio, While Netflix's business is fundamentally simple to understand, in light of recent events, we have lost confidence in our ability to predict the company's future prospects with a sufficient degree of certainty. Uh, As soon as I read this, I thought of you. Can you tell me a business that you can, quote, (laughs) have confidence in your ability to predict the company's future prospects with a sufficient degree of certainty? What would that be like, a utility and Hershey's?
2: Well, it is funny how quickly this psychological shift has happened because before it was everyone 15 months ago or 18 months ago was saying, how big could these companies possibly get? And we're anchoring to these huge, well, if Apple can go over a trillion in five years other companies can do it, then we're going to pull everyone up. And now it's like Netflix at 300 versus 100 billion. It's like, which one is right? I don't know.
0: Well, now it's 20 times, uh, 20 times trailing 12-month earnings. It sounds more right now than 40.
2: Yeah, but that, that, that's the thing. That's how like the psych- psychological shift for these growth stocks is like those multiples are still pretty high, though, if their growth is going to you know, slow
0: down. 20 might be too high if they don't add any subs net for the whole year. 20 feels high when a stock is crashing and yeah. low when it's going up. Right. When it's going up, 20 is a discount to the S&P. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, why could I buy Netflix at a lower multiple than the S&P? Now it feels like 20 times.
2: But the thing, the thing, my biggest takeaway here is that for the last three years, the growing course of people have been saying, why would I not, why would I own anything besides tech stocks? Tech stocks are all there is to own. And like finally for the last year and a half, diversification has shown like, oh yeah,
0: that's right. What if this is an inflation story? Let me hit you with this. This is the New York Times. Uh, another concern some analysts say is so-called churn rate. Consumers are growing warier of rising prices for streaming services. They, they uh, up their, their subscription cost in January and becoming more likely to cancel a service when a favorite show comes to an end. Um, according to Deloitte, 25% of US customers have canceled the streaming service only to resubscribe to it within a year. I would not have guessed that one in four people have time for that shit. To like turn off Netflix until their favorite show comes back. But apparently I'm wrong, and that is way, way more uh, prevalent.
2: Mr. I'm never going to cut the cord ever? Me?
0: Yeah. What'd you cancel?
2: Nothing. I I, I own cable. <laughs> I own the cable bundle, and I'm looking awesome now because I don't have to deal with jumping in and out of these streaming services. Cable TV for the win.
0: But which of these streaming services are you paying for? All of them. Right. In addition <laughs> to the cable bundle. I'll do the same thing.
3: But here's the problem. If you wanted to- you doing to- that too? No, no, no. But it, I, I was joking recently that we're in a much worse place now that we're just paying if you, like a million different But either different way, companies. you have to pay yeah. for
2: at least internet. So if you're paying for internet, they, if it, you just pay for internet and not cable, they jack up the internet bill for you. But yes. if you bundle it, then it ends up being just about the same. So you might as well get the cable too and have a million channels. Are we going to go
1: back to cable? Is that what?
2: Dude, that, I called them three,
0: three years ago. I said, if you don't give me Red Zone right now, I'm canceling forever. Fios. They go, okay, I'm like, that's it? Because I'm from New York. I would have <laughs> I I I gone eight rounds with you. I'm going to count to five.
1: Then I'm really leaving. I'd pay for just Red Zone alone. I'd stream just – I'd put that k- as a streaming So program. I love
0: it. I love it. And obviously, like, I would pay for it because it's not that much money. But it would never occur to me that I have to have it. My kid has to have it. He fantasy, sit, fantasy. Yeah, he will sit and watch 12 hours of Red Zone. Like, if it, he would watch repeats of Red Zone that night <laughs> if it didn't end at uh, 630 or whatever time it ends. Before um, you
3: move on, can I ask a quick Netflix question?
0: Sure. what does it tell buy. you
3: that, that I saw that Reed Hastings bought like fifty fifty thousand shares back in late January. What does that tell you?
0: What that nobody knows at, nothing
3: like three eighty seven I think he's got too much money. I don't know He
0: did an insider an open market insider buy in January
3: yeah if I'm looking at this right yeah he he bought, he should yeah. he
0: should average down you know what's funny but that his average cost is like zero
3: that's true right
0: <laughs> so if you see him doing that, it's not actually to make money it's the Doesn't signal matter. um all right anyway twenty five percent of customers have cut a streaming service and then resubscribed to it. I feel like you need a lot of like time on your hands for that to be worth it save like eighteen dollars for two months or whatever right um but Look, apparently maybe
2: right now people are Thinking that it's worth that their time though,
0: yeah. Because the cost gas of prices, everything in their gas, life is gas gone up. prices, right? I mean, so right. So maybe Netflix has finally run into the price point at which they they get pushback because they've been able to raise the price every eighteen months, yeah. let's say. And now I think they ran into a wall. It's, it can't be coincidental that they put through a price increase in January and almost simultaneously had to guide lower on uh, on can, net. Can I give a get off my long take, please? Please.
2: When I was growing up, we'd go to the mall and buy a DVD for 19.99 for one movie. Yeah. Now people are complaining about paying 14.99 for Netflix. That's true. Thousands and because thousands you have of to pay options. For that's such six a good point, them, though.
1: That's such a good point. You don't have to. Well, you kind of. I'm that. just
2: saying, though, like if you look through the movies on there, like 12 year old me would be just blown away by the selection. Yes. And now people are like, ugh, it's
0: terrible. Yeah, that's true. We're spoiled. You have a thou- you have access to a thousand movies you can watch on your phone. You can continue watching when you get home.
2: Yes, it's it's still a pretty darn good deal, even if they don't put out as that great of entertainment anymore.
0: Well, kids these days—that's what I'm saying—they don't know how good they have it. Uh, Exactly. I want to get into. I want to go back into thematic investing. Uh, I asked Sean, uh, our our researcher, to run some numbers. Maybe these are accurate. I think I think he's he's uh, he's got the right numbers up to date. Thematic ETFs are only 1.6 percent. Of the whole US ETF industry's six point nine trillion dollar total assets, uh, wait, do I have that right? What was the number? One hundred and ten billion in thematic ETFs. He's using six point nine trillion total because he's probably including bond funds too. Um, there are now two hundred and forty thematic ETFs, and you have what? Five of them? Four of them? Seven? Seven of them. Okay. Yeah. Who's the biggest player other than Kathy in thematic ETFs? uh besides
1: kathy is only biggest on on aum right she only has what she probably has a similar number of funds Dude, another maybe, another kathy hater maybe uh no i'm just kidding <laughs> get <laughs> out of here get <laughs> out of here i'm a fan Shout i'm a Cathy. fan i'm a fan no no, no we're um, all we're,
0: we're all we're all fans of hers
1: i would say global x is probably the biggest they kind of pioneered it um in a lot of ways what was their
0: bit what was their first big one?
1: Oh man i'm trying to remember
0: they did some country ones that were pretty big. They've been around like fifteen years. They've been they've been around for. They a were
1: minute. around before the financial crisis. Maybe right around then they, they yeah. started. I know you
2: don't. You said you don't really know who your customers are, but how many advisors do you think are getting in here where you could say, hey, put five percent of this versus just being completely retail? If you had to guess,
1: honestly, it's so crazy. Like that, it, that is the holy grail to try and understand what works, what doesn't, right? And and like who we're reaching. I would say, I mean, very rarely do we do we get reached out to by advisors or institutions that say they, they really want to do a deep dive on, on fund X, Y, Z to really understand it before they allocate. So even those types so of they players- do that
0: without talking I to mean,
1: you. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing yeah. with ETFs. It's like the holdings are public. The prospect, like everything you would need is on the website of the issuer. You know, if you want to talk to, go into the nitty gritty of the index and how it's reweight, maybe- But like that's what's beautiful about them too. And that kind of comes back to the other thing. You're
0: publishing the index rules too. Yeah. So it's all out there. It's all out there. Okay. Which requires a less heavy-handed sales approach, which I think everyone appreciates. Yeah, right. Less, no one wants, no one wants to be taken bags. out.
1: Yeah, no one wants to go out for, for you know, a, well, maybe some I people want to go out for a steak to buy my fund because it's, you know, one BIP lower
0: than the other guys. Right, you don't have to, you don't have to f- golf with people. No, and all I that don't do shit. any of that stuff. Right. Uh, on a year-over-year basis, thematic ETF assets under management decreased 21% from $139 billion at the end of February 2021. So that's all market effects. I don't think that's the public's changing taste. It's just thematic ETFs tend to be tech heavy and tech has been routed.
1: I think that I think that that's right? I think that's fair. A lot of that's probably price. I mean, just anecdotally from our side of things, you know, our drawdown in AUM is almost all price. We've seen a few kind of trickle trickle out, but really people hold on to these things for the long term um and and yeah it's definitely tech heavy it's definitely even beyond tech longer duration equities that people say themes stories yeah, stories don't play out overnight and people yeah. understand that and they say i'm buying this for my kids ir you know retirement whatever not, not your kids retire- you know what and then it drops
0: 30 percent you know i'm like, just no, i'm just kidding, <laughs> really?
1: I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no it happens
2: thematic ETFs is such better marketing than smart beta that's such a better name I know that's two different things but I'm saying if you had to compare
1: yeah I still don't even know what smart beta means if I'm being totally honest and I'm in the space and I don't really know exactly where that starts and it's stops. just
0: it's qu- it's quantitative but uh, uh, l- people have trouble spelling quantitative uh, <laughs> physical environment related themes saw an increase in AUM of 350 million dollars. On the other hand, disruptive technology related themes saw the largest AUM decline of 1.6 billion, followed by those related to people and demographics minus 420 million. At a theme level, cybersecurity and clean tech led the gains, while emerging markets internet uh, saw the largest decrease in AUM. So a lot of this is just backward looking. Like, what did the stocks in the category do? I could probably tell you which thematic ETF took in money or gave up money. Um, And that's never going to change. It doesn't matter if it's an index or it's a manager. People like whatever just worked most recently. Um, What is physical environment related? Is that just like clean tech? I think that's,
1: no, I think that's like, well, maybe part of that, uh, maybe that's like, you know, infrastructure. Mm. Um, Some of that stuff doesn't fall nicely into gig sectors, So it gets classified as thematics, right? Um,
0: People and demographics. So that's like- that's like uh, a millennial ETF or something like. Uh, that. I was going to say I was going to right, I was going to say like uh they made one for like Trumpy people. And then <laughs> Yeah, the they had they had the MAGA, had the MAGA for, ETF. Is it right? Okay.
1: The, all that stuff's crazy to me. They they also have like, you know, so you wouldn't values
0: go, ETFs on, and all. you this wouldn't stuff. go there like hook up with a celebrity who's got like a very specific niche audience and build an ETF around that kind of personality cult. That would never be worth it to you.
1: I mean, th- it could be.
0: Um, let me give you an example that, by I mean, the way
1: I don't know if that's allowed that's the trickier thing
0: allowed well, do you, right. you see what
1: goes on these days what, Portnoy right. was it? okay so Portnoy found he a, did that there was a loophole though yeah right? what was the loophole well technically he I think took an equity stake in the index provider
0: yes for that ETF not the ETF
1: not the ETF and I think when he put his video out by the way that fund has gone from like half a billion to like I think I last looked it was under 100 million just amazing like oh, the attrition a really? so, so 100
0: people- million Oh, it's
1: buzz, is the Did name, you say billion? 100 million. 100, 100 million. Okay. 100 million.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's how big it was at the peak? 500 million? 500. And I think Van it's X below social 100. Sentiment ETF. And um, was the peak the first month it launched?
1: I think it was like the third day it launched or something like that. Okay. Um, but he basically, in his video, they like bleeped over the word ETF. And so it was technically him talking about the index. Now, I don't know what. what that calls Van, there that Van, was that Vanek? That was Vanek. That yeah. okay. was
0: Vanek. Um, all right. But so uh, let me give an example. uh the Kardashians come to you.
2: Beauty ETF. I You're love right. it. And Sorry. they just say It's went from 500 to 94 million like that.
0: Because it's it because it's it's hard to understand where it fits in a portfolio if it's not going up. Yeah. That's it. You know what I mean? Like that's it's a going, lot of stuff. Isn't that a lot of it's stuff? Almost everything. I believe me, <laughs> I have tons of stocks where as they go down, they make less and less sense. Yes. The good news is the other, the rest of the portfolio going up shrinks them in importance. Right. So you could just kind of like forget that you bought them. (laughs) I have a few of those. Uh, That's funny how that works, The Kardashians come to you and they say, we want to do an ETF, like our 50 favorite brands. And people want to invest in the Kardashian lifestyle. You would fucking build that. I totally do. I mean, I think for them, why not do health and beauty ETF? That's actually one I've looked at. That's a good interest. Tom Brady says, I want to do like a men's wellness index ETF. Build it for me.
1: If the regulators allowed me to do it, I would totally be all over that. Why wouldn't they allow it? I honestly, I mean, coming back to the whole earlier discussion, right? These rules were written in like, the '40s before Twitter yeah. existed. They didn't want Frank right? Sinatra
0: to launch anything, right? The, exactly. No,
1: you're, you're gonna you're gonna laugh though. The other day, I'll, I won't call out the firm, but our you know compliance folks we work with. We're, we're referring to Joe Montana ad from the 90s with Franklin Templeton as a reason why we couldn't do something. Because as you can imagine, for the Weed ETF, yeah. we launched on 420, we may or may not have tried to do something similar to this. Seth Rogen? Right? Bigger. Bigger. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, but we were- t- you know, Snoop D-O-double-G? Uh, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, so that's where, that's where we are, right? It's like, no- the rules are so gray and weird, and people do different things. Some By the people way, play you, you could have
2: got him. He, that guy is on
0: every commercial that there is these days. It's still. a
2: race between him and Kevin Hart. Do you want to do a commercial? Yes. What is it? I
0: don't care. Do it. So very wildly off topic, one of my favorite podcasts is uh, Drink Champs, and Drink Champs is like a former rapper, Nori, and he just has other famous rappers on, and they get drunk, and he'll do he'll do shit like – he'll make you sit there and choose like – uh, Nas or Biggie, and if you're Snoop, you're like can't pick one, right. so you have to do a shot. Oh, okay. So they're sitting there drinking Ciroc for like f- it's like a three hour show.
1: You got to do that with socks here.
0: Yeah, pick we- a well, sock. we'll do that to you. Shortly. <laughs> that's that's what the bottle of champagne is for. And anyway, Snoop is talking about his business ventures. It's a really great podcast. Highly recommend it. And it's just about being a fifty year old and recognizing that like you have so much value when you become that famous to your community in terms of like you can completely shift everyone's focus from gang banging to like let's make 10,000 entrepreneurs come out of this neighborhood like you can do that at Snoop's level. Yep. So he he gets into that stuff, but anyway, I think he definitely would do the the ETF launch with you if that were if you could find the right loophole. Uh you know, you never know. Um and he's a fintech guy. Fidelity launched a metaverse ETF. So, did you sue them yet? <laughs> well, that into- just happened today. You haven't given me time. I've been I've been here. All right, here's your uh, first chance to publicly respond. No, I think Fidelity is smart to be getting into thematics because this is what the audience wants. Yeah, it may not be what the Financial Times or like Jason Zweig or like all of the behavioral guys that we respect so much. They don't like thematics because to them it looks like trend chasing or um, hype investing. And to a large extent, that's true. But so what? Like thematics are like one of the most popular things among young people to talk about when they talk about investing. They're gonna do it anyway. If you're Fidelity, you should probably be there, right? Like offer yeah. them a version that you can stand behind. So that's looks like that's what's going on you had a metaverse fund uh, from from when? When did you launch yours?
1: June thirty last year. So how'd you,
0: how'd you get that done so quickly? Did you know it was coming?
1: Well, we were working on it like six months before that. So we were
0: before Zuckerberg what, went all. Oh in. yeah,
1: before that all happened. After is that, that the largest
0: happen. holding in your fund?
1: Uh, depending, I don't know. Performance has been so volatile for all the names. I don't know where. To, yeah, I think it might
0: but be top, a, it's top big, three. It's, it's a, top five. It's so. a meaningful yeah, weight. Yeah, it has to yeah, be. Yeah,
2: yeah. It is. So how okay. how long how soon did you realize they want your ticker? What's, do you have an NDA here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know this story. I don't know this story. You sold Meta to them? So th- is, this is
2: like— Let's You say, allowed to talk about this? Not quite. Not so this quite. is like Le- LeBron James gets traded to another team, and he wants the number 23, and he's got to pay the guy for the jersey number or something, right? Will's,
0: will sign will signs something. He can't talk about it. So I'm going to actually <laughs> make up what happened, and don't nod. Don't even blank. So Zuckerberg invited him to a meeting in the metaverse. <laughs> now, Zuck's in an astronaut helmet riding a surfboard, and Will steps into the room, and he's dressed in a digital tuxedo, and they sit down, and they have mock cocktails, and Zuckerberg offers him $50 million for the ticker. He so I got to be meta. And you said- <laughs> no. All right. I tried. I tried. All right. So, But you still have a good ticker. You have METV. Yeah. Okay. Good enough, right? Yeah, People less confusing, it. too. To it.
1: Less confusing, too, right?
0: Agreed. Um, all right. So what made you know that this is where the puck was going and that you had to have a product here?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is kind of crazy to look back and say, we launched this before anyone was it's, really it's kind of talking. Inc- it's actually incredible. Before anyone was really kind yeah, of yeah. talking. I mean, that's the holy grail if you're going to launch one of these things, right? You want to time it where you're already out into market. Um, for me it was reading Matthew Ball's work on, on the metaverse I don't know if you guys have, have taken a look at what he's written on it but kind of his vision for say, say,
0: say more I have no idea he, he's got a book he, coming out too he's right? got a book coming out yeah who is this person He's Does he exist or is he, he ex- fictional
1: he he well, maybe so, both sometimes. So he
0: used he, to work at Amazon,
2: right? He's, he's a he venture investor. He used to work investor. at Amazon.
1: He's a venture investor. He's the index provider for our ETF. So we worked oh, cool. with him okay. uh, to actually put he, the he basket has, together. He's been he's been talking He's been talking about, this, been for talking about this for years. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, And he kind of defined this whole concept of what the metaverse will look. We he's still really don't know It's from like exactly.
0: sci-fi novels in the early yeah, Snow 80s. Snow Crash. If yeah. you've
1: ever heard Snow Crash, that was and kind ready of what point. And Player One. Yes, exactly. All right. Less dystopian, but sure, that's, that's kind of where for the now. genesis comes for from. For now. We'll see what yeah. happens. And, and kind of, yeah, <laughs> well, I, I have views on that. Okay. But, um, you know, I think when we saw Roblox come to market with their direct listing, we were like, you know, I think this is really going to be uh, like one of the themes for the next decade. Roblox
0: is a metaverse. I mean it's a self-contained metaverse with its own the, currency and It's a self-contained virtual world, sure. Yes. Well, it's a group of virtual worlds though. Yes, yes, yes. That's what it means to means to be a metaverse. It's not here's a video game. Oh, this is also the metaverse. It's here are 50 games and you can make a, your own 50 using these building blocks and we'll connect all of them in the case of Roblox with a common currency and developer base. But like just that interconnected yeah, nature I mean, is what the, makes it a verse.
1: The way well I think there'll be one and kind of the way that I like to define the metaverse is it will be a three-dimensional living breathing real-time rendered high-fidelity version of the internet. So instead of going on your browser on Google and it being a two-dimensional text-based, you know, that's where you start your experience on the web, this will be avatar in a world. I don't know what will be the, you know, search engine version of the metaverse. We'll see but that's kind of the way to think about it. And a lot of people try and associate with AR and VR, virtual reality, augmented reality. To me, that's like that'll be one of the technologies you access this with, but the concept of three-dimensional living breathing internet. That that's Immersive what this is internet. going to be. Yeah, and Roblox, you know, is a closed ecosystem, right? So by definition, they can't be fully a metaverse. They they exhibit a lot of the characteristics right. of it to your point, Josh.
2: I I actually think that the the whole pandemic use case for that is people working from everywhere that seems to me like the biggest broad use case for people you're, you're sitting in a boardroom with, with everyone in the metaverse right because people are, are working all around the world or all in the country or wherever that to me seems like the thing that if microsoft turned that on or something then the use just explodes
1: yeah i mean they have that right microsoft uh so people want to attend yeah that that's where i don't know if they're ready for that so
0: if you need the goggles to do it Or the headset, that's a non-starter. So let's say we get past that. The technology advances. You could just be sitting here like the three of us By the
2: way, if we start having meetings in the metaverse, I'm going to severance myself. So I don't have to sit through those. I mean,
0: uh, you saw Captain America where like all the people like on the security. Robert Redford is in person. I don't think he has like a virtual meeting with 10 people from around the world. You know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everyone's a hologram, but they're all technically in the same room. I think they did that on Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars yeah, prequels Star Wars, 20 years ago. Like this has existed in movies for a long time. So if and when it happens, it, it's not going to be that exciting for people. It's like, oh, virtually I could appear to be sitting next to you on a sofa. Yeah, like, woo. So that part's not exciting to me. What seems exciting to me, and maybe you guys capture that in the fund, is being able to transport rewards or tools or – Whatever that you acquire in one game into another environment or game.
1: Well, that's where NFTs like that,
0: That's to me. That's so. Where that's I the role that, that NFT. NFTs are going to play in the metaverse. Can you, can you explain that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know. I don't know how much you guys have kind of watched or learned about Roblox or Fortnite or Minecraft, or if your kids play any of them. All of them. Yeah. But they're these entire fully functioning digital economies. You know, in case of Roblox, based on Roblox. Robux, right where, you know, they are acquiring a new outfit or in the Fortnite maybe it's a dance,
0: it's a skin or a dance. But right. the
1: problem or the, if you want to call it a problem is I'm now beholden to Epic Games or Roblox or Activision Blizzard for using that digital item. And in the case of NFTs, you know, you can theoretically allow for ownership not to be the, you know, IP owner. Or, you know, the IP can be transferred actually to the individual user. And think about the idea. If I put, you know, 100 hours into Roblox, earned a really cool outfit, and then I can take that into maybe a meet, you know, coming back to your example, maybe a meeting in, you know, I, whatever Microsoft's I'm version I'm going to buy an the-
2: invisibility cloak. That's going to be the first thing I buy with all
0: my crypto. Yeah, as I say, I don't think Ben Carlson <laughs> is that excited to be able to walk into a meeting. I think Ben meeting. likes it with us still dressed in his friggin' Robin Hood costume from whatever game he was playing. <laughs> oh, look, Ben's here. Ben's here for the investment committee and look, he brought his bow and arrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great that that was interoperable and you could bring that into this environment.
1: I look at I think it's a, a lot generational of this will be lost thing lost on us. I think it's obviously. a generational yes. thing in large part, right? I mean, you look at kids today and they are not, well, they're not just playing games on these yeah, platforms. Games they're are s- hanging out. Like, games are
2: so okay. – video games is such a big business. And, and for me, that I, I mean, I got into it a little when I was younger, but it's so much bigger and better now, I think.
0: I'm glad you said that. My kid made it – my son made it through the pandemic because of Fortnite. And most of the time, they were not even playing the game. It was group chat. Totally. There'd be six of them or four of them or whatever just talking about like, – virtual school that day or whatever, literally talking through the game, like with the controller on the floor. And I think that there's a lot to that. Just kids interacting with each other in their skins from these games, in their avatars. As ridiculous as that seems to us, it's second nature to people under the age of 20. And uh, you'll have to accept that.
1: A hundred percent. I like to make the analogy, you know, when I was growing up, hanging out with friends after school, it was AOL Instant Messenger, right? That was where you'd go to hang out. Today like that equivalent is in one of these yes. is in one of these worlds so and that why, whole concept gets lost on all. So
0: of why people. wouldn't you just buy AMD and Nvidia? If you think if you think the future is everyone spending 3 to 5 hours of their day in a virtual environment, why wouldn't you just buy the companies that make the graphical processing units that are going to render all of these images and graphics and make that realistic?
1: Yeah, I mean Nvidia look, Nvidia is a, a large holding in the ETF. I think that's the you know kind of more of a picks and shovels way to play it. Um, if that's kind of more... Well, you, you know, can't make the, any of this
0: without it. Like, no. You, you cannot make a virtual environment today without GPUs. No, the computing... is po- companies yeah. making all the GPUs. Yes.
1: The computing power that's going to be needed to, to have this kind of come to light in the way that we think it might is going to be incredible. Like, beyond anything we can currently contemplate. The, like, high-fidelity real-time rendering is just... It takes a ton of uh, computing power. And then you have companies, too, like Unity is an example. I don't know if you're familiar with Unity. Unreal Engine from from Epic Games does something similar. Those are the engines that power these things, too. So they're kind of another picks-and-shovels type. Doesn't that also
2: unlock a use case for crypto where you're just going to be paying for everything in there with crypto, whether it's NFTs or some sort of token, I guess?
1: Certainly, I mean, like I, I think that crypto is going to play a huge role in this whole in this whole ecosystem. Speak for
0: yourself. I'm in the Euro Metaverse. I only use euros. <laughs> uh, what's the most interesting company in your Metaverse ETF um, that most people have never heard of, and what? Not like a stock pick, but like what's a company yeah, yeah, that yeah. we should all be aware of?
1: Uh, I'll throw out Matterport. Okay, um,
0: I, I own that. Okay, so the, I'm the, only caught in half of uh, the stock. It's very exciting. What? I was <laughs> not even joking. <laughs> no, I know. I know RJ though. I, I talked to the CEO. Um, they seem to be very integral to a layer of the metaverse that doesn't yet exist, where we start rendering real environments that yes. exist in the world and having you be able to visit those places virtually. Like, I feel like Matterport's going to be like very involved.
2: I said they need to change the name to Metaport.
0: Metaport would be good too. They should. Right? They, should. they should. They should. Why not? I'll, I'll run. I'll run by them. Uh, what else besides Matterport? Uh, what
1: else would I throw out there? Is interesting that no one's heard of a lot of it does end up being larger cap in the metaverse theme because okay, these are the companies me. that are well. I mean, there's you know there's Meta, Facebook is, is a large ho- large holding, uh, <laughs> Snap, doing a lot of interesting things in AR. Snaps
0: in the in the metaverse. So why
2: is Coin in here? Is
1: that because of the NFTs? Because of the
0: NFTs. Okay.
1: Um, which they just launched what? Yes, yesterday or they launched the the beta for it. It looked kind of like mar- their marketplace. Yeah, it looked kind of like Instagram meets meets OpenSea. I wasn't so I was going to bring this afraid. up.
2: John, pull the Coinbase Bitcoin chart up here from later in the doc. So I looked at this the other day. Coinbase, since this is since they went public. They're now underperforming the
0: Bitcoin price by
2: a wide margin. Does that it's like a
0: gold miner and gold. Is right. that
2: because they have so much? I, I would have thought that because of the volatility and more people trading that they would hold up better than the actual price of the cryptos.
1: Well, I mean, earlier you just brought up, I think how retail trading, at least that was for equities, has come down a lot. I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case for you know crypto as uh, well.
0: We're going to do this today. Maybe that's not
1: true. I don't know.
0: We're going to do this today, actually. Maybe we'll jump there now. Schwab, the retail frenzy, I this is my personal opinion, but I want to get your take on this because I think you're more plugged into that world. I think we've seen the peak of retail trading for the cycle. Not that all the traders are going to pack it up and go home. Yep. But I think we're lapping that February, March, April period from 21, and all the numbers are way lower. So Schwab uh, just reported earnings. Um, They were supposed to earn 84 cents. They came in at 77 cents. Customers placed 6.58 million daily average trades in the first quarter, which is a decline of 22% from the same quarter last year. That's a pretty big fall off um, now that we've lapped the meme stock uh, moment. Net revenue is okay, 4.7 versus 4.8 billion, but that's because they make money from a lot of other things besides traders. Bloomberg is saying that 17% of US equity trading volume came from retail investors by early March, which was down from a a peak of 24% in the first quarter of 2021. You know
2: what else is impacting this? So, Robinhood has increased their margin rate like three times already. Margin rates are higher because interest rates are
0: going up. Which means less shares traded. Yes. And probably less interest. Quite frankly, if you can't turn five thousand dollars into fifteen thousand dollars as easily, then it's probably less interesting for you.
1: Is is that really like impacting Robinhood traders though? Or are they looking at the margin like rates? Yes, like, you think?
0: Yes, Robinhood traders buy options on March. Believe <laughs> <It will> <laughs> oh me, there. My God. Uh, anyway, I think um, March twenty one is going to be like nineteen ninety nine and two thousand was for my generation. For like the millennial Gen Z. Yep. Unless there's an even crazier uh meme moment at some point, which I suppose could happen, it's hard to imagine how Robinhood, Coinbase, Schwab, Fidelity can replicate the level of excitement for trading that we saw toward the tail end of the pandemic. Uh, especially given how much the markets had gone up into that moment. Uh what's your what's your take on that?
1: No, I mean, look, I, that like I haven't been doing it as long as you guys, but like, that was unlike anything I've literally ever seen. I mean, besides every the,
0: person you knew was talking about trading. Yes, yeah, all the time. Yes, yeah.
1: Um, and like, even smart people were like, hey, "I'm just going to buy GameStop because like this is fun." Like, I, I don't can't remember that ever being being the case. Um, but I no, I mean, look, that that was the craziest period ever. It probably will be. Um, and it it was crazy because it didn't just impact. Those names that people were getting squeezed on the short side, you started to see like cracks in the market then that are maybe now kind of sh- coming coming to light. But but no, I think we're not going to get back to that level of activity. Um, that's why the comps are, you know that you just mentioned are what they are. It's not because people aren't involved in the market. It's because last year was insane. In the stocks
2: that people that are now doing well energy stocks and financials they're and nice. Yes. So. yes.
1: There's, no one wants to be
2: no young Dude, people want you, to own those do you remember all those exactly. that's a great point remember honestly. all those
0: headlines about how like every hedge fund is now going to have a reddit strategy and they're going to hire somebody just to watch the boards and uh twitter about their tick do you think all those people have been fired yet <laughs> about, <laughs> that were hired to be the the chief meme officer at a at a hedge fund <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if those people are still uh, employed. I think
1: I think the quants that do that kind of stuff can do some pretty cool stuff, and they're probably doing that on Twitter and every other platform and Discord and you you name it. They're probably doing that scraping and getting you know two bips of alpha on a trade uh, just because they can.
0: I just speaking of, I just read about this this guy that runs uh, Melvin Capital. Yeah. Res- the restructuring that they're going to do. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So he's going to go from thirty percent carry to twenty percent. And eliminate the high water mark. Steal. That's a steal. <laughs> if
2: you're if you're paying those fees again, you deserve to pay them at this he's point. He's
0: down fifty <sighs> percent in eight, in eighteen months.
2: What's the point of the high water mark in the first place? Then he's, da- he's down, down.
0: He's no. down. He's down in half from uh from first quarter. He's 21. down in half. He came up fifty percent, and so now he's going to shrink the fund. He's going to shrink the fund. It didn't shrink Short. itself. It shrank itself he's shrink itself, but he's just. He's going to go from like seven to five billion well, if, and lower the carry anything, and eliminate though, the high water mark.
2: People are willing to give anyone second, third, fourth chances now. Like Belfort is selling these huge, like $40,000 crypto conferences oh, or dude. something. Like,
0: that's in Gary's novel. He was talking a uh, Lake Success. Uh, Gary Steingart. That was the hedge fund he, one. I read that. Yeah. The joke, one of the best jokes in the book, the last chapter, it's this hedge fund manager who literally blows his whole life up. Like, Loses his wife, loses his fund, the SEC investigation, like, ends up riding around the country on a dirty Greyhound bus trying to, like, figure out his life. The joke is he gets another comeback in the last chapter, and he makes a ton of money and then loses more. And then he gets another comeback. And, like, people just keep giving him money because he has, like, a famous name. So it's, it's almost like you can't fall so far out of favor once you get to a certain level is, like, the, the joke of it. Yeah, I mean, so. no,
1: like – Plotkin's super respected or at least had been until GameStop is one of the best short sellers on the street, right? So, you know. I think he made money for a lot of people for a lot of years. And you know how the name of the game works. If you can get in and say you got your clients into, you know, someone who has a big name, you know, people like to see that. So I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. Although, you know, getting rid of the high watermark is, is...
0: Name brands are super important in hedge funds, and it almost doesn't matter like what the track record is at a certain point. It's just like, oh, it's a name. Yeah, exactly. And that's hilarious to me. Okay, uh, good for him. Congratulations to uh, to Melvin Capital. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great situation. Uh, we're going to do something quickly on crypto. You guys have a payments fund, but you're not really big in, in the crypto arena, or you are.
1: So we didn't launch the payments fund. We have it filed out there. filed. We but haven't launched it. Is But crypto it will be part of it, no, right? No. When we were actually looking at it, it was more, um, you know, Adyen, PayPal. Thank goodness we didn't launch it. It probably would have gotten crushed.
0: Very out of favor. Uh,
1: very, very out of favor. Yeah. Um, so nothing in crypto. We're trying to do something in crypto. But as you know, the SEC won't, won't allow you to do anything ETF related. I mean, all we've got is Bitcoin futures. Um, we've thought about doing Ethereum futures, but even like they won't even touch that right now. So that's, that's something
0: you've been really forward thinking and grabbing these niches before anyone else. That seems like that's almost like trying to launch an S and P 500 fund at this point. Like, you know, it's going to be done 10 times by people much bigger than you. No,
1: I mean, if I'm being totally honest and transparent on the strategy there, if you're not first, if you can't somehow become first there, you don't bother. You don't bother. We're first three even. I don't even think Look at the look at the volumes on the the Bitcoin futures ETFs. It's like ninety nine percent in the pro. You already fund. know
0: like Sun and Shine is going to beat you because this is like he wakes up every day for the spot for the spot for the
1: spot. Yeah, yeah, well, probably.
0: Oh, well, you're not going to construct it differently. It's, no, it's no, it's, 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 it's not. Yeah, no, I don't know what oh, we you, want to do that We just use green energy bitcoins in in your fund. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. By the way, uh, here's my hot take: Crypto is super boring. Bitcoin, every day I wake up, so excited to see, is it going to be 39000 or 41000 Those seem to be the only two prices that Bitcoin's allowed to be now. Isn't and that good? I don't know. It's boring as shit. I either it's, want it to go to 100000 or zero, and I really have no patience for anything in between. But have people, I been spoiled?
2: Yeah, it needs to have something like this happen, I think, to what? remind people that it's just not going to be this easy all the time.
0: Yeah, why isn't it making new billionaires every week? Isn't that what we grew accustomed to with this whole thing? Well, I don't know. You can't have it both ways, right?
1: I feel like when it was insanely volatile you know, over the past few years, people said, you know, you can't touch this asset. It's just you know, so risky. You can't put it in a portfolio. It doesn't fit the mold. It's not a store
0: of value. And now but it's not like- Not a medium of exchange. Right. right. Maybe now valo. it's
1: starting to tick some of the boxes that people were kind of memeing that it never had in the first place now. Um, if Bitcoin is
0: not minting new billionaires, air, air quotes, <laughs> no minting new billionaires, what is the point?
1: No, it's
2: fair. Nobody's getting
0: rich right now. That's fair. It's really bothering me. Uh, also, all right.
1: gold
2: had some nice revenge. Over the last year, gold's up like 9 or 10 percent. Bitcoin's down 20-something percent.
0: Ben, you just don't understand the metaverse. <laughs> uh, should Twitter be a private company?
2: So this was Ben Thompson. You, Ma- you and Michael
0: and, are talking about this a lot. Well, Ben Thompson, Extra
2: Techery, yeah, he had, a, he had a piece on this. Uh, this is, th- some of these numbers are crazy. He said that... Twitter has over 19 different funding rounds, including pre-IPO, IPO, post-IPO. They've raised like $4.4 billion. The company in total has lost a cumulative $861 million in its lifetime as a public company. So that's pre-IPO. One of the
0: worst tech stocks of the last 10 years, easily. They've
2: had 33 earnings calls. The company's reported a profit in 14 of them. Right. His whole point was that you're just not going to get a long enough leash. Whoever the management is, whether it's Musk or someone else, like it, it has to be a private company to try some new things out and try some different models.
0: I don't know. What's your what's your Twitter take? Are you a big Twitter guy? Oh, are you yeah. a user? Oh, yeah. You love it, right?
1: I love it. Um, but I've also used it as an advertiser for our business. Of and course. And it sucks. Yeah. It's not it, like that. That's they, what Thompson's
2: that's, point was. It should not be an advertising business. It should be subscription. You bought, like, you and, oh, and oh, that bought,
1: makes p- sense. You bought yeah. tweets? That makes tweets. sense. Yeah, and they don't do anything. Because you
0: know who's seeing those tweets? Bots.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not
0: actual people on there.
1: I totally believe it. Right. Um and in that sense, yeah, maybe they should be. Maybe they should be a private company and not have to deal with you know
0: quarterly earnings. The problem is, private company under whose sway? right? Elon. I mean, okay.
2: I can't believe. So he got. He sounds <laughs> like he cobbled together the funding. I can't believe. It sounds like he's actually going to make a push for. It. I thought this was just an ego thing. He wasn't going to do it. Do you think
0: everyone's saying- I was right about this and, and uh, Michael was wrong. How about this? Do you Nick, think- Nick was wrong too. There's so
2: many. Do you think he's reading Matt Levine going, he's not serious. He's not going to do this. And he goes, yes, I am. I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah. No, I think he's being goaded into doing think, it by everyone we, saying we he's not. I on. Yes. I 100% agree. But part of uh, the news today was that 21 billion is his own equity that he's putting up. So like, it's not, he's not like free riding somebody else investing in this. He's like willing to put up half the money himself. There's also not bullshit.
2: There's not an easy path to make Twitter super profitable, though. It's
0: not Uh, an easy
2: company to fix.
0: No, his point is it can't be fixed with public shareholders. And I actually think he's right. Because if they really wanted to fix it, fire all the board members who are a joke and none of them even tweet, Um, take board members from the most active users of the service. Like make put Gary V on the board immediately. But do you put, remember? The, do you remember the Simpsons Josh, so, Josh the
1: I think we get you back on Twitter, and we'll f- hit happened. seventy a but share. Do you remember life, the Simpson episode? So we'll, hit seven,
0: we'll hit seventy a share. Where
1: Homer's Homer's <laughs> brother
2: is a car manufacturer, and Homer makes a car, and it's the worst car in the it world. Danny DeVito's in that. Okay, so that's the one where if Twitter was up to like the users, like if Elon just said every poll is going to be what's happened next, it would make it worse because not a
0: committee though. One user. Yes, yeah. I agree. Take 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 ten. Super prominent Twitter users who have some basis of like financial or business acumen, right? Get Mark Cuban. Get people that actually tweet and that have built and sold businesses in their lives. Put them in a room. Incentivize them with not just your Twitter following but here's stock. Figure out a business model that's better than advertising. And if you have to get rid of half of the, whatever you're claiming are monthly average users, whatever the metric they use now is, we all know it's all fake anyway. Close those accounts down. Make the user experience amazing. Make it an amazing user experience. And I promise you, people will pay a subscription to keep using it. That's the business. You can't do that when you're a public company. You can't You can't say no more ads, no more bots, no more uh, – to, uh, Totaling up fake users, like we're just literally going to make Twitter an amazing experience, and we're going to ask three dollars a month.
1: Oh man, they'd lose so many people. Yeah, if but they they, did the that. people they would lose, suck. <laughs> the same
0: people that are canceling their Netflix, they're going to cancel. Dude, if you Twitter. won't pay thirty six dollars to be there, then they, then you're not contributing anything. There, yeah, that's a, that's a fair charge. Point. The po- that's a fair charge. Point. The power How, users, like this, is no offense, not classist. I feel like if you're a power user of Twitter, right. There could be a spectator tier. But if you're somebody that's using it every day to tweet and you don't have $3 yeah, a month that's fair. for that, that's fair. then how good could your tweets be? You're I, probably just a f***ing noisemaker.
1: <laughs> at $3 a month, though, are they even doing that well with a, no ad revenue? Like, We I, I, okay. need to look at the numbers. I'm glad right? you
0: asked. I thought about this. They claim 200-something million users or close to 300 million users. There's no way that's true. 50 million highly engaged Highly motivated users who are paying into the system, no ads, no bots. Twitter would be sick. It would be like 08, 09 Twitter, and I was there, and we built that thing. We built finance Twitter. I was like finance tweeter number four or five, literally. Who else was there? Lindzen, Heidi Moore, Kelly Evans when she worked at the Journal. Uh, it's a very short list. I didn't even know Twitter existed. And then it was a whole lot of fake traders who were running schools. Like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm a consistently profitable day trader. Blah blah blah. Pay me and I'll teach you how to trade. Bullshit. But like there were, uh, Phil Perlman was there. Right. It was like a very very small nucleus of us. I remember getting Barry on, like the worst thing I ever did. Setting up his Twitter account for him. <laughs> now, now I want to go in there and change his password. But like it was good, and the people who were there were motivated to keep it good because it was like it was like a it was like meaningful to have those well, think about if, if you
2: charged, like for the R subset of finance Twitter, whatever that means, if you charged people to be on that, that is a group of people who would definitely pay for that, to follow the markets and analysis and charts and all the stuff that people do. If that had its own little subgroup, that's what Thompson yes. saying. Like we need your own little subgroup yes. and have them create but their own But that could rules. be a
0: Discord now. That could be a Slack channel now. Twitter doesn't have a monopoly on the ability to build that. That's one. Two, the hardest thing in the world is to sell a subscription to your own Twitter. Because every day you wake up like, I don't think I'm giving these people enough. Like what if I'm not giving people enough to justify what they're paying me and you feel guilty? No, the subscription would not be to you. It would be to Twitter. That's right. Twitter should allow you to create a community and then sell a subscription to that community. Right. Not, not sell the subscription to follow you. Right. It's too much pressure on a creator. Yes. Shit, I haven't tweeted in two hours. People are paying me. The meter's running. That pressure needs to come off it really should be about interests. And then if you're screening people out because you have people that are paying, you're probably going to lose a lot of misanthropic, nasty, angry people who are there for the wrong reasons. So anyway, I'm available if uh, if anybody wants me <laughs> to consult. Uh, the last thing we're going to do is fixed income. Ben, let us know what you're thinking here.
2: All right. I put this out earlier this week. I looked at all the big bond ETFs. So 20 plus year treasury 7 to 10 year. So we have this, corporate bonds, on yeah, screen. There it is. Uh 3 to 7 junk bonds. And I looked at the drawdowns compared to the S&P. This is as of a couple of days ago, but a couple of surprising things here. Every single bond there has a worse drawdown than the S&P right now. This is this is like drawdown from all-time highs. Junk bonds have the the shallowest drawdown, which is Hold of- on,
0: let's let's go through this. TLT is 20-year treasuries. Yeah. So it's uh, duration really killed you this year.
2: Down nearly 30%. Down 30%. Actually, the peak for that is from March 2020, I believe. So this is all-time highs. So it's been falling for a while because the rates got so low. But the fact that, have we ever had a period like this where every bond is getting crushed more than the stock market and the stock market's down? This seems like a very bizarre market environment to me. And I don't know if that means something's going to break or we're just going to see a really weird reallocation from bond investors going, holy shit, I didn't know I could lose money.
0: You build a 60-40 portfolio and the 40 part is more risky hmm. to, optically than the 60 part.
2: Even though yields have come up and bonds should be more attractive than they were a couple of years ago. But now people, people don't look at that. They look at their losses and go, get me out of here. I don't want to be in this anymore.
0: Dude, you, can buy, you could buy five-year treasury uh, yielding two and three quarters percent right now it was basically yielding almost zero <laughs> like not that long ago. Exactly. That's a very big, that's a very big difference uh, I think in... in. Um...
2: But d- do moves this quick because before when, when yields rose from like the 60s to the 80s, it was a slow stair-step approach. This has all happened basically in a couple of months. So I'm just surprised we haven't seen some sort of I don't know, credit hedge fund blow up yet or some, hmm. someone, something go really I wrong. I thought that
0: we would see massive damage in risk parity strategies and I have not heard any – like people that are leveraging bonds, apparently what? They're, they're all appropriately hedged? Like why aren't we hearing about any blowups there? Any theories?
1: I'm not smart enough to come up with a theory Me for either. that.
0: So Me The,
2: the risk parity ETF is – it's
0: R-P-A-R. What Sounds is it? Uh, R-P-A-R. RPAR, risk parity ETF. What does it do? It mimics a, a traditional risk parity strategy? Yeah, I'm guessing. So it's down. It looks like a piece of shit.
2: It's down 13%. So that's not great. It's not the end of the world.
0: Not the end of the world. It's not enough leverage there, clearly.
2: That, but I'm just saying, like, do, does this, do these bond losses potentially make people say, I need to just own more stocks?
0: <laughs> I think it has. Right? I think Is that you, what's kept do the you think market it has. afloat? Yeah, I I was joking with Batnick about this a few weeks ago, but I honestly believe people that lost eight percent in jan- or January and February in a Treasury fund bought Apple instead. I think there's like a th- something to that.
1: I mean, Apple trades like that's the case. Yeah, or maybe they're putting it to energy materials and you know, but but that's not. I mean, those aren't sexy areas, right? But but maybe even well, they retail are, is they doing are, that too. They are this year. Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, Matt Phillips did this thing at Axios. The yield on the ten-year. Inflation adjusted treasury note is about to flip positive uh, for the first time in a very long time. So real 10-year treasury yields are about to go actually positive, which offers meaningful competition to other things that you can invest in. Uh, Not that that's such a great return, but it's not negative. And it was very negative up until very recently. Um, What do you think about his premise? Uh, let Let me read this to you. When re- real rates on treasuries are negative, savers, including investors and business leaders who buy government bonds, basically lose a bit of money on the deal. That makes saving unattractive compared to spending. So people tend to spend and the economy tends to strengthen. When real rates go positive, it means savers can actually make a bit of money via the interest on their savings. They have a reason to save more and spend less, which can take some of the wind out of the economy's sales. Anything to that?
2: I mean, the fact that it's still barely positive. Or, not,
0: not far enough to.
2: I don't know. My big worry is how, how isn't there a ceiling on rates that I don't know if it's 3% or 4% where the government has to say, like, we can't allow these to go any higher because of the interest we're going to be paying in this debt.
0: Yeah. They can't fund the, the government at a certain point. I mean, I
2: know they could they could just borrow short term and the Fed's rates are still low and have a ways to go. But it seems to me there has to be a ceiling on this at some point.
0: Uh, my assumption is 3% on the 10 year brings out a lot of buying. When I, do
1: we cut rates again? That's what I'm. That's, that's what they're doing. Like, they're raising rates to cut them. Right. I mean, look. If you look at the long-term trend for for rates, I mean, it's like, yeah, we've moved up a lot, but I mean, tr- we're
0: back to eighteen levels. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's and
1: we were all scared then too, right? I mean,
0: it's not a general. It's it's the speed. I think has caught people off guard. Well,
1: it's because we were at literally zero this time, right? Yeah. Like that. That's part of it too.
0: Let me know when the Fed has like taken down, let's say, thirty percent of its balance sheet uh reduction that they said they were expecting to do let me know where let me let me know where things stand at that point i think it'll be a very different situation
1: is any of that stuff gonna happen though i mean things get yeah. political at a certain point too right like you may not get m- that far yeah i don't know maybe cool. people you know maybe the fed's not looking Here's at my, my hot take here, though. i
2: don't the market has already done so much for the fed i don't think the fed ever even gets two percent
0: they don't need to the market went there that's
2: what i'm saying the market has done all the work for them I think they can take their time. And if, if something does break or roll over, the Fed will be like, all right, we're just going to, we just, we changed our mind. Good
0: thing we didn't, yeah. Good thing we didn't do all those rate hikes you guys predicted. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be a nice way to gotcha. go. Gotcha. Uh, let's do favorites and then we'll get out of here. Did you have fun today, Will?
1: Oh, yeah. All right. This was great.
0: So, so there's no reason to be nervous, right? No, I think okay. this, this and, went well. And there was, and there was no drink champs around. We, we didn't force you to choose between any two things. <laughs> no, that'll be next time. All right, that'll be next time. Uh, I'll go first. I'm reading a book that's very uncharacteristic of me. It's called The Code Breaker. You probably read this. Walter Isaacson. Did mm-hmm. you read it yet? His books are long, right? It's pr- it's not as long as it looks. It's a big, fat book, though. Uh, he's a good author. He's really good. I haven't read a lot of his stuff, but this one caught my, my eye because it's about something I'm trying to learn more about. Do you know anything about this? No. Okay. This is a good idea for you for your next thematic ETFs. Pay attention. This is the story of all of the gene editing companies that now exist. The whole thing started as like seven or eight researchers all over the world, different universities, independently coming to the same conclusion, which is that they could harness this like ancient technology embedded uh, within cells so that uh, the cells could actually be programmed to edit out the types of things that are harmful to the organism. So like literally being able to edit out diseases from your DNA, things that you would have hereditarily passed on. Um, so these people all figured out how to do it right around the same time in 2012. It's 10 years later. There are three publicly traded companies that were formed from all of these geniuses um, and they all now hate each other, it appears. They've all sued each other into the Stone Age. Uh, Editas, Intellia and CRISPR AG. So all three of these got killed in the last year with all the biotech and um, growth stocks. But this is like the kind of thing where it could have internet-esque ramifications for humanity. It's a perfect thematic ETF. I think there are life sciences ETFs that are popular. I know Kathy has one. Yep. I don't think anyone has specifically done gene editing, but highly recommend the book. Um, and I'm not recommending the stocks yet. I don't own any of them, but by the time I finish reading it, I might end up investing in at least one of them. So it's a, it's a really cool story about how it all happened, and I don't think most people have even heard of any of this shit. So uh, any plans to do any biotech stuff for you? or Biotech's interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, small-cap,
1: mid-cap biotech trades, like, below net cash in a lot of cases. These um, stocks have been demolished. I'm not, the problem with that is... First of all, a lot of people don't understand it, myself included.
0: Yeah, I don't know anything.
1: Right? So like that that's a problem <laughs> number 1. Um but yeah, no, I you know, biotech's interesting. Gene editing sounds interesting.
0: You should, uh, you should you should look at that before somebody else need, grabs it.
1: We need more than 3 stocks, though, remember? We need we need There more are than more
0: three. than 3, but these are the most prominent 3 because the people who founded them are like the real scientists yep. who discovered and were had published paper is apparently getting published first is really important, just like launching the first ETF. And it's like really, really important because then anyone else that publishes after has to cite your work. And then you're in a university, then you're like out there fighting for patents because you're going to start a company based on what you discovered. You have to have been first for the patent to be able to hold up. So there's like a real battle that took place with gene editing and you could understand why forget about treating diseases what if we can start engineering babies to not be born with the ability to get a disease so crazy and the stuff. chinese claim to have done it chinese claim to there's a pair of twin girls who were born uh genetically altered to withstand something i forget what it was can we turn but. off the
2: gene where your four-year-old throws up all over their bedspread at night like happened to my daughter last night
0: I'm not sure about that. The metaverse that.
1: fixes
2: this.
0: The metaverse would definitely, she wouldn't do that <laughs> in the metaverse. She wouldn't dare.
2: It was, I literally had to throw away the blanket. That happened last night? Yeah. And then you had a flight this morning? Yeah. Thanks, thanks to my wife for holding up the floor.
0: <laughs> Love uh, what, what do you got for favorites? All right.
2: I've been reading this, The Tau of Bill Murray. It's a f- It's by Gavin Edwards. It's a couple years old, but someone mentioned it. It's just all stories of Bill Murray. and. It's, it's a lot of it is like pre-cell phone camera. So it's like Bill Murray, there's talking to Harold Ramis was his old collaborator on Groundhog Day. So they, they'd be, this is like back in SNL days. So way before people could tape you on the street. Guy walks up and's like, Bill Murray, oh my gosh. And Bill Murray grabs the guy, tackles him to the ground and bites his nose and calls him an mf'er. No. And he gets up and he goes, no one's ever going to believe you that happened and walks away. <laughs> there was all these stories where like someone would be smoking at a bar, Bill Murray grabs a cigarette. Takes a puck, gives it back to him. It's like no one will ever believe you. It's all right.
0: in. in other words, now everyone yes. would have a camera on but you. But he, he you shows up that.
2: on the set late, and they're always like, "He he never practiced this big routine, but he would nail it." And like, it just showed about how he is this like mad genius, but also like just so his character in real life is almost crazier than his characters in the movies. What's your favorite Bill Murray movie? I mean, it's got to be Groundhog Day, right? Groundhog Day. I mean, that's me. Like after eighteen, pre eighteen, it have to be. Ghostbusters, right? I th- yeah. Caddyshack?
0: So I don't like it. Okay. But I know he's great in it. He's great in everything. Uh, what he did, he did something recently. He was in a cameo. Oh, he was in the Zombieland movies. I do like Lost right? in Translation too. Lost in Translation. Yeah. Oh, that was good. great.
2: That was really good, actually. Uh, yeah,
0: that was his. That's that, my favorite. So
2: they said for that movie. So the way you get a hold of Bill Murray is he has a one eight hundred number. So if you're like a director or a producer, and like it doesn't matter how big your name is, you call a one eight hundred number, leave a message, and he might get back to you. Yeah. So Sofia Coppola wrote and directed *Lost in Translation*, and had Bill Murray sign on the day before they were about to start shooting. No one's heard from Bill Murray. So he said yes. He said yes. He. Sh- no one's heard of him. She's they 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 like filmed as much as they could with all the other actors and they're like we need him here today and they're trying to call his people no one's answering we don't know where bill is shows
0: up on on
2: set the day of and it's like oh i'm here
0: it's one of the best performances like of any actor ever i feel like because you could tell that's he's lived that life yes Who yes was that scarlett johansson yes was that, that was that? her like yeah. big break too she was pretty young so did anyone ever figure out what he whispers to her at the end I would have loved to hear that No, That's like still a big mystery. And
3: yeah, entire forums dedicated. To that Sophia
0: thing. Coppola has never said.
3: Not that I'm aware of.
0: Like what he whispers to her at the end. You know the scene I'm talking about? No,
3: I don't remember I it that it ends, well. Or yeah. we'll
0: rewatch it. it. I mean, yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite. I remember the whiskey
1: Centauri Times, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hilarious. Yeah. That
1: I
3: remember, I don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah, for super relaxing times or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? What do you got on, on Sophia Coppola? Anything?
3: Oh, no, I mean, Lost in Translations, my favorite Bill Murray that's, is what I, was I was saying. Gonna,
0: yeah. I was going to say, I would assume.
3: I mean, Wes Anderson has him in every film. That's fun, too. He's great in yeah. Rushmore, which oh, I recently watched. That's, a, that's another yeah, good one, yeah. yeah. He's
0: great in Rushmore. I feel like he probably has like four or five great movies left in him oh, if yeah. he wants to, if yeah. he feels like showing up. As I heard this. he
3: sometimes shows up at his son's bar in Brooklyn and bartends, oh, um, but I haven't actually- Actually, St.
2: Vincent with Melissa McCarthy is a newish one that is, is pretty underrated. I, I don't think
1: I saw that one. A couple
0: years ago. Wow. Well, what do you got for favorites? What should I lo- we be watching or reading? Am you I, I allowed
1: to do a TV show? Is yeah, that allowed? Please. It's not on Netflix, though, even though you, I know you bought some Netflix. No, that's fine. Um, I'm really liking uh, the WeWork show. We worked. I didn't watch it yet. I think it's fa- I, th- I actually think it's fantastic. Is that Ger- it's Jared, Jared Leto. Leto yeah. And he does the accent for uh, Adam Newman, and it's pretty incredible. And. Uh, What's his wife's name? Rebecca Newman. The way she's portrayed, it's, it's Anne just, Hathaway, right? Yeah, it's Anne Hathaway. It's oh, it's top notch. Really it's top notch actors. I
2: tell you what, we love our sociopaths, don't we? Because there's so many TV shows about them right now. Well,
1: it's crazy, right? Like, is this just like a function of you know? Well, one one of them is a hit,
0: so they make seven more until we get sick of it. But so well, yeah. far, so good. That's I'm, probably
2: the best one of, from what I've heard. That's probably the best one. I of think the bus, I
1: right? actually think it's very, very well done.
2: What uh, do you think about how that.
1: they did Jamie Diamond
3: in that?
0: Oh
1: I, yeah, so I don't think I think they might have missed on Jamie Diamond that was that was they maybe made him one. look
0: really bad, yeah, Who plays Jamie Diamond? well
1: uh no no uh, some nobody but but yeah, the, the way he's portrayed is pretty brutal I'm sure he's, he's like well, it's like it's jamie uh and adam in in Jamie's office, and he's like, we'll give you whatever you want like here's a hundred oh, million dollar line like, of personal they make look credit like a stooge. yeah. Morgan,
0: Morgan Stanley almost took that thing public for fifty billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: Like literally a week before. What I don't know is if if you guys haven't watched it, but
1: but like the amount of partying and crazy shit they show going on within that well, company I watched the doc is like on Hulu. insane. Like I don't know if I don't know. If I watched real. the documentary on Hulu. Oh yeah, that was good. too.
2: And it sounds like the party thing was real. Like they would be doing shots in the office, and like they're they really and they'd go to these big huge concerts, and it sounds like that was no, legit. it is real yeah.
0: because why wouldn't it be real? Think about think about it. You're a young, handsome, Israeli-Canadian son of a bitch just crushing life. <laughs> you have people throwing billions of dollars at you. Yeah. You have private jets. You give like shareholder updates and like you're not even talking about like earnings or pro- – you're talking about like sh- – Elevate the world's consciousness. Like, that, elevating that's the thing. world's consciousness and they eat it up. They're like – standing ovation for Are this we going to look
1: back at all of this and be like, we were so fucking crazy oh, that we so. were like close I, to... Honestly,
0: th- I'm rooting for jailings. But like, like a lot jallings. of the SPAC type companies and all
1: this stuff, like, oh, it's, I think we're done. Like okay. uh, we talked about it. Like March, March of last year was like peak, I think we're done. Peak, peak, peak. We're on, crazy, the, da- we're on the
0: downside of a lot of nonsense. And like the quality is being separated from the nonsense, which is what markets are supposed to do. Yes. Like Airbnb is going to keep its market cap. It's a real business that real everyday people find a lot of use from. It's not elevate the world's consciousness. It's like, (laughs) oh, you want to go stay here for two weeks. This is maybe a better option for you than a hotel room. Great. I don't have to go in the yellow pages or on Craigslist to find it. It's all in one place. That's a business. Yes. That should separate itself from WeWork. By the way, you know WeWork went public, right? Yes, It's a SPAC, right?
1: WeWork kind of makes sense as a business now it more does. than it
0: ever did, it smaller, doesn't it? It's a well-known. smarter yeah. business in a pandemic without all the hype.
1: Well, even after a pandemic, right? People are like, I want to go into an office two days a week. Give me a WeWork. hundred uh,
0: percent. We're paying WeWork in mul- multiple cities. There you go. So, we're right? Paying we. I'm paying WeWork. Chicago. Chicago, Chicago yeah. maybe New Orleans. I don't know. It's it's great. I don't want to have a lease in these places. Uh, where is that? On Apple? Apple. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll check that out. Hey, uh... What what do we want to wrap, wrap with? Are we still doing reviews or are we done?
3: No, we're done for now.
0: We're done with that? Yeah. Okay, right. that but got a little, still leave us one. But that yeah. got a little much.
3: Well, no, we got we got a lot of great ones, but yeah, we got to keep it special, so we'll, we'll bring it back to something.
0: All right, very good. Uh, all right, well, thank you so much for coming through. We can give everybody your socials, how they could follow you, how they could learn more about Roundhill. Where do you want to send people? What's your Twitter?
1: Go to the company's Twitter, okay, at Roundhill. Smart. Mine, if you want to check it out, I'll throw at it in there. At Roundhill,
0: yes. to follow Roundhill. Uh, Roundhill Asset Management round investments. Hill in- investments investments investments. Okay. All right. And what's your Twitter? Just for the hell of it. Maybe bullish. Maybe bullish. I like it. All right. Uh, you did great. You learned some new things today. We learned from you. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Come back. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Awesome. How'd you do today? Fun show. You miss Michael a little. Just a little. You get a little upset when you see Michael's vacation pictures with his real wife. It piss you off. A little I'm bit. going
2: to that same place next month.
0: Where Where is it? Marco Island. Yeah. Very nice. Very cool. All right. Nicole, good job today. John, good job today. Duncan, good job. Take us out of here. All right. If wind up, I'm going to turn the mic on do this.